Welcome to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast, where Pastor Jeff Cranston, along with our host, Jen Denton, will discuss biblical theology in an understandable way. You'll discover how to apply biblical truth to your life. Thanks for joining us at the table. Let's get started. Well, hello again, Kitchen Table Theologians, and welcome to Kitchen Table Theology. I'm your host, Jen Denton, along with Pastor Jeff Cranston. We're always putting the theological cookies on the bottom shelf, or at least trying very hard to do that, where we can all reach them. And we try to do this in a way that's very applicable to the lives we live, because the real power of theology is not only knowing it, but applying it. As a quick reminder for all of us in this latest series, we're learning about the atonement. In previous podcasts, we've talked about salvation, committing the unpardonable sin, atonement itself, and then propitiation. And Pastor Jeff is going to kick us off today as we wrap our arms around this subject of redemption. Yeah, I'm not sure how wide we'll get our arms around the subject (laughs) because it's a pretty incredible topic. Well, hello again, Kitchen Table Theologians. Thanks for joining us. We begin kind of a, maybe this is our second half, Jen, I don't know, 51. We, we, we set out to do 100 podcasts, and we're at number 51 already, but uh, I've got some ideas for how we might, might even go beyond 100 if... We could, and we might say that we're in our midlife crisis today. So. Yeah, we'll so probably prove who knows, that. <laughs> who knows what's going to happen today? <laughs> well, let, let's let's get into redemption. So as we start, let me ask you a question, Jen. Have you ever lost something that really meant a great deal to you? It still haunts me, this item oh, this that I lost. Good. Yeah, I even thought there was some hope recently as I was going through childhood boxes in my garage. I, I just thought, oh, please let it somewhere be in there somewhere. Mm -hmm. So I had a mentor growing up. She was in our church youth group, just precious. I looked up to her in every way, shape, or form, and she passed down something to me that I just thought was the coolest thing ever. It was a Cinderella watch, like an old-school leather Cinderella watch, and it had bands in pink, baby blue, and white that you could change out. I can tell this is very deep and meaningful to you. Everything. You lost Cinderella. I lost. I lost the Cinderella, like the main timepiece part, and I lost everything except for one band. And I have no idea because I always kept it wrapped up in tissue paper, wrapped up in. Oh, my... so you weren't wearing it and lost it. Oh you no, you just lost it. I it, it disappeared. It just disappeared. I had you it. Trust in... your sister. <laughs> she was a tomboy. I don't think she would have gone she after the girly, girly Cinderella watch. But I had it even in my little jewelry box. I had the ballerina that spun around in it. My sister had one of those. My sister Kelly. She's very famous. Kelly. Hey, Kelly. <laughs> Kelly, the loner of the $10,000. You got to have a previous podcast yeah. to, to get that. But yeah, I lost it. And I it still haunts me to this day. that Never found it. Never found it. First of all, it haunts me because there's huge sentimental value to it. And then it haunts me because, man, that thing would be worth some money. <laughs> I mean, it was a it was a nice. So, one kitchen for table sure. theologian, if if you if you have Jen's watch, I want it back? You, please, please, <laughs> please send it to us. Well, I'm a uh, I'm a little bit overwhelmed emotionally here. I'm going to try not to cry. <laughs> well, let's suppose that it was found and it it appeared, and you found it. And how excited you will be. However, where you found it was in the window of a shop somewhere, and it was for sale. But it was yours. There was no question about it. I love this little book Pastor Dana Goodnow's written called Three Minute Theology. 
and he has a just terrific story in there. And your your story is a great one. Um, we're all very sorry for you. We feel we feel terribly about that, and hope you find it one day. I can see it in my mind right now. Yeah. Well, come back to us, Jen. She's. Okay. Have, have a I didn't moment know this here. Was be <laughs> this emotional for Jen. So here's the story. A little boy built a toy boat. He drew up the the plans, cut out the wood, assembled it, painted it. It was this beautiful little vessel. He was so proud of it. And he tied a string to the boat, and he launched it into a little stream near his house. Well, unfortunately, the string broke, and the current took the little boat away, and he couldn't catch it. It hit some little rapids, and it was gone. And he lost it. And, of course, he's absolutely heartbroken, kind of like you are with the Cinderella watch. If, if it helps you, I can tell you the story of Rendersella, and then maybe that will make you oh, feel goodness. better. I don't know if, if you, you can't take that, that again. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, a few days later, the little boy is, is in town with his mom, and he goes into a toy shop. And much to his surprise, we know where this is going, he saw his boat on a shelf with a price tag on it. The little guy... Got his mom, told his mom she eagerly, he eagerly paid the price to buy his precious boat. And the boat was, in a way, his twice. Once by creation, he's the creator of it, and once by purchase. And that illustrates really, really well the biblical concept of redemption. I'd have been right there along with that little boy. I'd probably dip into the kid's college savings to get that watch back. <laughs> I think you would have locked up on the store owner and said, hey, you, somebody stole I my... I know. That, as I was thinking about the boy, I'd probably be like, dude, that's mine. I I'm made that. that. It's got my initials on the bottom of it. <laughs> I can see you punching the shop owner in the throat and then... <laughs> it's mine. I did have one little strap that was left. So it could have been like, it matches, you know, kind of like... Jen, you've got to let this go. How many years ago was this? Kind of like putting the the shoe on Cinderella (laughs) in the story. All right, we got to get back to the main point here. I'm going to... Redemption. Yes, redemption. So basically, using that story and saying that word redemption, it has this idea of buying something back, right? Absolutely. Redemption is buying something back. When Jesus shed his blood... He purchased a place for us in heaven. He, his blood that, that he shed paid the penalty of our sin. And in substance, he bought us back. And Peter talks about that. So how about reading 1 Peter 1, verses 18 through 24, please? Sure. For you know that God paid a ransom to so there save you. Go. you the, the he ransom. paid a ransom. That's redemption right there. God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. God chose him as your ransom long before the world began. But now in these last days, he has been revealed for your sake. That's just, those are three verses that you could spend... I love that translation. That's the New Living Translation. I love that translation. So that phrase, paid a ransom, is the word and the concept redemption. In the language of the New Testament, the words for redeemed and redemption are applied to purchasing servants or slaves in a marketplace. You know, every time we go up to Charleston, South Carolina, Mm. you go into downtown along the river there, you see the old slave markets, you know, and and you can walk through them. They're still there. Mm -hmm. And they sold human beings there. Mm. You would would show up there, 
you would, you know, you you were either being sold or you were watching or you were buying. But people would buy other people in those slave markets, as horrific as, as that is to even think about. But that's the word redemption, where a slave was purchased in the marketplace. And there are three primary Greek words used for redemption in the New Testament. And I thought it might be helpful to, uh, to unpack those in today's podcast, because they really give us a fuller picture. And I like that idea. You know, I think it was in our last podcast, I, I joked that... English words have short little definitions behind Mm. them, but the Greek and the Hebrew, you really get into it. So in Greek, there are three. So I'm thinking that maybe there's a little more than meets the eye to this concept. So let's jump in and look at the first word, agorazo. Very impressive. Agorazo. Agorazo is a verb, which means to go to the marketplace and pay the price for a slave. That's what it means. So you read that word in classical Greek literature, you read it in biblical New Testament Greek. You know, someone goes to a marketplace and purchases a slave. It generally means just the paying of a price for a slave or a group of slaves. So it's not difficult for us to make the transition, spiritually speaking. We, who were eventually sold into to sin, you know, I think uh, that verse you read we, this empty he's he's purchased uh, a place for us he's ransomed us out of this empty life you inherited from your ancestors well we were born into sin and uh, we have been redeemed now that word's used in scripture for example in revelation 14 we read about the 144,000 who are redeemed from the earth. They're, they're brought out, they're purchased from the earth. Second Peter 2.1 shows Christ redeemed not only the saved, but also even those we would call false Christians. Well, why in the world would he redeem people who were false Christians? I think all that does is remind us that Jesus's redemption is for everyone. So redemption simply speaks of paying the purchase price In our case, the purchase price was his blood. And there's two other words used in the New Testament for redeemed. And the second of those is kind of like the first one. It's exagorazo. Right. You're you're getting good at your your Greek pronunciation. This is a wonderful (laughs) word. So catch the meaning. So the word is exagorazo. When we add the prefix ex, it means out. So exagorazo refers to the fact that Christ paid the price with his blood and purchased the slave out of the marketplace. And what that basically means is the slave could never again be exposed to sale. How about reading Galatians 3.13 for us? Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. So he redeemed us from the curse. We can never go back under it. Hmm. That's the word ex agorazo. That's ex agorazo at work. And and, in Galatians chapter four, Paul makes the case that when Christ took us out from under the law, he placed us in a different relationship with God the Father by providing for us the opportunity to become the adopted sons of God. So ex agorazo exercises the removal of of the curse of the law on us. We were, we were under that curse. Uh, we're bought out of all the junk due to our sin and imperfections, which the law so easily exposed. The law has a number of, of reasons for being there, and one is it exposed our sin. But ex agorazo, that meaning of redemption, says Christ not only paid for us, 
He took us out of the marketplace of sin, and we can never be sold back into that again. And as we talked about in our last podcast on salvation, that happens at that moment right. of salvation. So let's be sure we're tracking here. Agarazzo means to pay the price for a slave in the marketplace, and ex agarazzo means to purchase the slave out of the marketplace, and the slave can never go back to be sold. So tell us about this third word for redemption or redeemed, lutreo. Yeah, here's another great word with a beautiful application uh, for us, I think. I, I think I like this word the best out of the three, mm-hmm. although they're all you know incredible words. This word, lutreo, means to pay the full asking price for a slave. Purchasing the slave in the marketplace, the slave can never go back to being sold again, and then to set the slave free. That's why I like it so much. This slave is purchased and given full, complete, and total freedom. So that word uh, for redemption emphasizes the freedom that Christ offers us and makes available to us. Titus 2.14 uses this word to show that Christ wants to completely separate us from sin, to to set us free from all sin. In Luke 24, just another, give you a concept of how it's used. Lutreo is used of redeeming Israel from Roman domination. So it's used in Luke 24. The, the Jews at that time were under the Roman rule, and the words used to get them out from Roman rule and, and set them free from it. Um, th- those are three great words. They, they really are. And just for our listeners, we'll, we'll do a little recap here and just to make sure we've got it. Using those three words for redemption, we're seeing that because of what Jesus did for us, he's purchased us, he's removed us, and he's given us freedom. That's redemption in its fullness, which is, I just think it's absolutely incredible. So you go back to the, little, uh, to the story about the little boy and, and his boat. Um, he purchased back what was already his in order to kind of bring it back into relationship with himself. And in doing that, he set it free from the shop and he, and he gave it total freedom, you know, back in relationship with him. And that's what God, the father through the power of the Holy spirit, because of the blood and the cross and the resurrection of Jesus has done for those of us who are in his family, we have been redeemed. We have been purchased, removed and set free. You know, it reminds me of a hymn. You and I love hymns because we grew up on them, singing in church, and we maybe some of our listeners out there sang it too. It's called Redeemed, and the lyrics really— I wonder how long it took them to come up with that title. I don't know. I wonder how many <laughs> songs there are there called Redeemed. I'm sure a lot. <laughs> I don't know. There's, there's some worship songs now that are just have crazy titles, I think, because we're running out of—maybe we're, we're running out of words. Running I don't out of know. Creativity, I know. <laughs> and the lyrics really of Redeemed really do contain some of the joy that comes from understanding mm. redemption. So if you will let me—I'm not going to sing for our listeners today, but I, I will. One day you should, though. Oh, Jen oh. can sing. She's got pipes. I don't know in this in this environment. I'm not sure yeah, that it would, would resonate awkward. well. <laughs> I can leave the room and you can sing to your heart's content. Oh, well, I do that in the shower all the time, just to my heart's content. But there, there's beautiful words to this hymn, Redeemed. It says, Redeemed, how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. 
redeemed through his infinite mercy, his child, and forever I am. Redeemed and so happy in Jesus, no language my rapture can tell. I know that the light of his presence with me doth continually dwell. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the lamb. Redeemed, redeemed, his child forever I am. Yeah, that's a wonderful song. Uh, that one line, no language my rapture can tell, mm. we've, you know, we, we've used English today, we've used Greek, uh, and we're still not able to, to talk about it. But you do get a sense of the joy, mm-hmm. and they're, they're, that's good theology, those stanzas right there. Mm-hmm. Um, that song was written by Fanny J. Crosby, who was completely blind. Uh, and, you know, she died, let's see, I, in the 19... 19- teens, I think, Mm -hmm. like, I I can't remember, I want to say like 1913, 1950. So when she was alive, let's just say 1850 to 1915 or somewhere in there, to be blind was, um, I mean, that that was, it's... There's no technology, there's no intervention. Nothing to help, you know, and Mm -hmm. you you don't have access to some of the things that visually impaired people have today, but she was prolific and uh, penned thousands of hymns and thousands of poems, and we're still singing her songs 125 years later. Well, since we're talking about hymns, and I, I've got my favorites, there was another songwriter named Philip Bliss, and he was the song leader for that great evangelist D.L. Moody. And Bliss was not only a song leader, he was a song writer. And he wrote a song called I Will Sing of My Redeemer, and great theology in this one too, he says, I will tell the wondrous story how my lost estate to save in his boundless love and mercy, he the ransom freely gave. So there's the concept of redemption. He goes on, he says, I will praise my dear Redeemer, his triumphant power to tell how the victory he giveth over sin and death and hell. Sing, O oh, sing of my Redeemer with his blood he purchased me. So there's that what we've been talking about with his bloody purchased us. On the cross, he sealed my pardon, paid the debt, and made me free. That's, that's redemption. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just that, that thing that kind of hits you between the eyes. There's no way we can save ourselves from no. that. that. There's no way we can, we can pay that price and when our, you, ourselves. You know, as we learn more and more, you know, our last podcast on salvation— We've talked about atonement, propitiation, and then this redemption. When when we start to uh, unwrap all that went into that, mm-hmm. what level of arrogant pride must we have to think we could do any of this on our own? Mm-hmm. As you were saying, arrogance. I was thinking the opposite of that, like just the humility that we have to, yeah, like that, that that's, abject. That's the proper response on our knees, face sure. humility. Yeah. That, that comes into play. And he would have done it if you were the only person, if I were the only person on the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. Yep, whether it's the 99 or the 1. That's right. He's coming after us. Well, hey, whoo! Kitchen Table Theologians, we hope that these podcasts really, really help you. Each week, we add a new podcast at a resource right here. And if you haven't subscribed yet, go on over to wherever you get your podcast: iTunes, YouTube, Spotify, whatever platform you're listening from, and click subscribe. Man, a couple of months ago, we, uh, we listed all of the platforms that we're on. <laughs> we're on stuff I've never even heard of. Oh, there's tons of stuff. There, there is. It's there's... a whole world out there, isn't it? Yeah. Wherever you're listening from or what you're listening on, Kitchen Table Theologian, you obviously know it. 
<laughs> so whatever it is, fill go, in the blank. <laughs> go subscribe, and uh, you know we add stuff every week uh, on the blog, these podcasts to to help you in your study and and personal growth in God's Word. And not only does describing describing, <laughs> not only does describing your podcast platform, not only does subscribing make sure that you don't miss a thing. If you leave us a review or a rating, that helps us to reach more people. So maybe. You want to do that, too. Maybe you want to get the word out. And also, maybe you kind of had a question or two that popped to mind today. So next time, we will devote. Soon. Soon. We will devote. Maybe not next time. Yeah, I don't think so next time. In two or three podcasts, we got to do another Q&A. Well, regardless. We have more to talk about in the concept of the atonement. Oh, okay. Yeah. That sounds good. But you know what? The Q&As really are some of my favorite podcasts. I love For you, yeah. And they're hard. (laughs) Because I just get to watch you get stumped. That's great. So (laughs) if you do have a question that's come to mind, then ask us and tell us where you're listening from a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by shooting an email to pastorjeff at lowcountrycc.org. We'd love to hear it and we'd love to hear from you. So as we wrap up today's podcast, let's remember, as we often do, that the real power of theology is not only knowing it, but applying it. Thanks so much for listening. We hope that our time together today has helped you become a better kitchen table theologian. See you next time. You've been listening to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast with Jen Denton and Pastor Jeff Cranston. Join us next time for more insights into biblical truth. If you'd like to know more on today's topic, you can check out the show notes at jeffcranston.com. You can also email us at pastorjeff at lowcountrycc.org. If you're enjoying this podcast, would you consider leaving a rating and review on iTunes? We deeply appreciate your help in getting the word out. And be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or in your favorite podcasting app to continue this journey with us as we learn about and apply God's word to our lives. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time here at Kitchen Table Theology.